0: Hello and welcome to the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast, Week 15 Injury Report Edition. I'm your host, Ian Hardison. Joining me on this lovely Friday evening, PFF analyst Nick Bodiford. Nick, Week 15, man, we've been here pretty much each and every way along the way. How's it going, man? Good, man. Good. Long week. Let's do this. Fantasy Football playoffs going on. Maybe you're one of those lucky people that happens to have a first round by no sweeter feeling than that. So appreciate you guys tuning in with us live. Got a lot to break down, obviously, with the Saturday and Sunday games. Before we actually get on to any of that, though, I want to quickly go through some key weather notes. Always appreciate our guy, Kevin Roth, you know, providing all this information over at Roto Grinders. So the big one to keep an eye out on is Miami at the Bills. There is a winter storm watch issued for Orchard Park for a quote unquote heavy snow on saturday night also have a 15 mile per hour breeze so miami and buffalo those are the ones where that is severe enough that if it is a close start sit decision for you might not be a bad idea to take the other guys also for the eagles and bears is going to be pretty cold as you could expect and i'm in chicago and confirm that right now winds at 10 to 15 miles per hour and also have a yellow rating for the rams at the packers typical frozen tundra lambeau field type of monday night so again with weather and fantasy projections we usually don't care as much about the temperature as we do with wind. So I'm not saying Eagles, Bears, Rams, and Packers. You need to be actively downgrading guys, but just something to keep in mind for especially close start-sit decisions. We are not as worried, though, about the weather in Cleveland against the Ravens or in Washington against the Giants, so that is good at least. And with that, Nick, let's get into our position by position breakdown, looking at every single fantasy-relevant injury ahead of Week 15, starting off with quite a laundry list of guys at the quarterback position in Baltimore. Lamar jackson has officially been ruled out with that knee injury luckily though tyler huntley will be under center he managed to clear the concussion protocol rather quickly as harbaugh told us earlier this week uh he was counting the months backwards i believe which is pretty hard nick i'm not going to put you on the spot right now and see if you can do it but hey count the months backwards uh not for people that are uh you know concussed apparently all that said tyler huntley like i will say this man we talked about him last week nick i had him as my qb 15 and i still have him around there right now but as i've gone through some of my lineups I just I don't have data on this, but I don't love the idea of starting a quarterback that literally got concussed about a week ago. Okay. Like I get the matchup, I get Huntley's ability to run the ball. It does remind me a little bit of, you know, some of these st- a dub we saw last year from Daniel Jones when he got concussed and come- came back. So overall thoughts on trusting Huntley. Because again, nothing about the Browns defense should be concerning us. It's just maybe I'm just M2 in my head about it. Where do you have Huntley ranked this week? Uh, where do I have Huntley ranked?
1: So I was actually looking up uh, concussion data. Uh, I have him as the quarterback 17. So I think that we're pretty close. Uh, Looking at Adam uh, Hutchison's injury index, it does not look like quarterbacks suffer any sort of fantasy point dip in production after suffering a concussion. Um, But I, that you know, quarterback 17, I'm not excited to start him here either.
0: That's fair. I do have him QB 15. So yeah, I wouldn't go too far out of your way. And if you had, if you're trying to rely on Mike White or something and now need someone could certainly do worse than Huntley. So we have seen now, even last week when he wasn't able to play more than a quarter or two had nine carries, he has had at least six carries in all seven of his, all seven of his extended appearances over these past two years. Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray on IR with that torn ACL. We continue to be sad. Colt McCoy, though, was limited earlier in the week in practice with that neck injury. He is not listed. So, really, I'm not overly downgrading any of these skill position guys going from Kyler to Colt. I think the overall upside of the offense goes down. Obviously, Colt McCoy isn't going to bring the rushing upside to the table that Kyler does, but at least for Hopkins and James Conner's sake, we have two guys that have so much volume that I think they'll be able to be just fine. Uh, Bears quarterback Justin Fields did miss practice on the Wednesday, I believe, with that illness, but he is good to go. Got back out there, not listening on the final report. My overall QB five on the week. We did get some bad news today. Jets quarterback Mike White said that he is good enough to tough out this rib injury, but unfortunately, the Jets doctors disagreed, and we will have the Zach Wilson experience under center once again. I guess, Nick, my one thing here is, we have Zonovan Knight, who, let's face it, you know we saw Brees Hall have some awesome games with Zach Wilson under center. They become more of a run-first offense with Zach Wilson. So with Zonovan, as is the case with most run, most running backs, we can see them be just fine in an overall bad offense as long as the volume is there, and the volume is there for Zonovan. So yeah, the touchdown up upside maybe down a little bit, but I don't think we need to overly worry about that. And then with Garrett Wilson. I get it. The first five games that we saw Zach Wilson and Garrett Wilson together, it was terrible. No touchdowns. He never even had more than 45 yards in a game. He had freaking three of those games with under 30 yards. But before we actually did see Zach get benched once and for all, hey, Garrett did have Six catches, 115 yards against the Patriots. Eight catches, 92 yards against the Bills. Just couldn't get anything going in that second game against the Patriots after which Zach Wilson was benched. So still a good matchup. Like, I will be dropping Garrett Wilson. I mean, I had him wide receiver 13 before this happened. But when I say, like, Garrett Wilson, like, once we start looking at Garrett versus Chris Olave versus Michael Pittman versus even, like, Amari Cooper, those are other guys that don't have the best exactly or you know, most consistent quarterback play in their own right at this point. I see Garrett Wilson settling in more so as a low-end wide receiver too as opposed to the high-end. What do you think about that, Nick?
1: Yeah, so I was a little bit higher. I think we're dropping him at about the same rate. I had him as the, the wide receiver 9, and I Ooh. have dropped him to the wide receiver 15. Okay. Um, so it seems like we're – yeah, I think we're in lockstep with basically the impact that Wilson has. I just – he's such a baller such a baller
0: I like okay I'm gonna have Keenan Allen over him because that volume has just been ridiculous over the past two weeks but I still think Garrett can be put there right alongside guys like Christian Watson and Chris Olave. still should feel confident putting them the more lineups and not maybe guys like Elijah Moore Denzel Mims Tyler Conklin those are the ones I'd be a little bit more pessimistic about because Garrett should still be that definitive number one option Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence officially questionable with that toe injury but fully expecting him to be out there suiting up against the Cowboys in a potential sneaky shootout. Broncos quarterback Russell Wilson, though, is out with that concussion. Brett Rippey in season under center. But Jerry Judy, again, similar to Garrett. I don't think it's too big of a downgrade. Similar to DeAndre Hopkins, I should say. Unfortunately, just haven't seen as big of a difference between Russell Wilson and Brett Rippey this year, similar to Kyler and Colt. But we obviously have seen Mac, uh, Mike White outperform Zach Wilson. Steelers quarterback Kenny Pickett is doubtful with the concussion, meaning he will be ruled out the Steelers are going to announce on Saturday if it's going to be Mitch Trubisky or Mason Rudolph. Hey, I mean... We don't care, really. I mean, like, we're not starting any of these quarterbacks, and I don't think it's going to be good for the skill position players, regardless. So maybe Mason Rudolph can be better than Chubisky because the bar hasn't been set all that high this year. Just realizing, you know, the fact that Deontay Johnson like, actually comes out and says that he wants Mason Rudolph to be under center, that gives me a little bit of optimism. But guys, it's still Mason freaking Rudolph here. Already probably talking about it a little bit too much. And finally, Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill continued to be banged up with that ankle, but he is not listed. Andrew, Not listed on the final report will be starting Sunday against that Chargers run D that I do think is mostly just going to be tested by Derrick Henry. Now moving on to running back Raiders running back Josh Jacobs officially questionable with that quad and hand injury. I do believe we got in like a report though saying that he's going to be fine. Nick, am I crazy?
1: Oh, I haven't seen any anything that indicates he'll be limited or or won't play.
0: Right, so that's been this that's been the thought the whole week. I don't think he was actually. he wasn't a DMP for any specific practice, but of course, you know, when he is listed as questionable, you do have to worry just a little bit, but Okay, here we go. Josh McDaniels, Josh Jacobs looks like he'll play week 15. All you need to know, probably the fantasy MVP at this point. Gotta love that. Giants running back Saquon Barkley, not listed at all this entire week. And this is actually great news because that usage he he had last week was terrible. And I understand the blowout game script had something to do with that. That said, guys, again, we cannot live with Saquon the way he's playing right now without this efficiency if he's not going to have that true workhorse role. But again, the fact he wasn't listed at all on the injury report makes me optimistic he is going to be back to getting that workhorse role. So unfortunately, he's not going to be that top five, top six option that we thought he was going to be after the first month, month and a half of the season. That said, he should still have more enough volume to be in that top 15. I'm going to have him right now. Let's see, I updated these ranks yesterday on pff.com in the always lovely PFF app. I have Saquon settling in as my RB13, right alongside fellow veteran disappointments, uh, uh, Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara. Sound about right to you, Nick. Uh,
1: I have I have Saquon at twelve. Okay. Uh, I am higher on Dalvin, and I am I think a little bit lower on Kamara.
0: We will see there. Yeah, we'll talk about Kamara here in just a second, but that's been even stranger usage uh, throughout this season. Patriots continuing to Patriot. We have little idea what is going on over there. Ramondre Stevenson did get back to practice on Friday. Now, it wasn't a limited fashion, but in New England, like it's kind of rare to see any of the injured guys get full practices. So, he's officially questionable with the ankle injury. Meanwhile, Damian Harris also questionable with the thigh injury. He practiced all week, but never did get a full practice in himself. So, if Ramondre is healthy and active and we have no reason to think his workload is going to be limited he's an every week rb1 with that receiving role if Remondre is out and damian harris is in i think he slides into that you know borderline rb2 maybe more so um rb3 range i put him More so of an RB3. I'd have him alongside guys like J.K. Dobbins, like Deontay Foreman, who also aren't going to be catching many passes. Also, let's be honest, probably not in an offense. We should be expecting to put up 30, 40 points. Now, if Stevenson and Damian Harris are both out, I think we get a muddled three-back committee with Kevin Harris, Pierre Strong Jr., and J.J. Taylor. I will give Pierre Strong Jr. the slight edge, but even then, I'm talking about an RB4, most likely, alongside guys like James Cook, Cam Akers, Tyler Algier, and Chuba Hubbard. Thoughts on the situation, Nick? If both Stevenson and Damian Harris are ruled out,
1: yeah, I uh, I'm just a little more optimistic on Pierre Strong. I would have him as like a, a mid-tier RB three. I just he's got the passing down work. I think he I think he had the edge in the passing down work, uh, and he just he looked so good last week. I think it'd be difficult for the coaching staff to go away from him after after what he did.
0: Just check that J.J. Taylor elevation because that would be a good sign if we see that happen on Saturday, if Stevenson or Harris are probably going to be sidelined or not. And if it is, Harris strong and J.J. would just be a little worried. So, hey, okay, he's a perfectly fine flex. Just don't get too carried away here. Certainly still starting guys like Brian Robinson, Dobbins and Deontay Foreman ahead of him. Texans running back Damian Pierce rolled out with the ankle injury. This is another situation where we can talk about who we think the lead back is going to be. And I do lean Dario Goomba Wall but then again you know that's a one week sample size where we really saw that and similar to the patriots we had the third running back of the puzzle that actually wasn't even in the snap split last week fully expecting royce freeman to be elevated from the practice squad on saturday and join this committee so we have Dari, royce freeman rex burkhead in a absolutely horrendous game script 14 point underdogs against the chiefs against the chiefs defense that is usually better against the run than the pass and they force teams to have to pass so any interest in these guys, Nick, I have, I have Dari right in that same group as Pierre strong junior, potentially next to guys like cam makers and Tyler Algier, AKA, I do not want to play them if at all possible.
1: Well, so I, is this, is this the, I think this is the one year anniversary of Rex Burkhead winning Adam Levitan 250 <laughs> K. Um, I think so Kansas city, what the, the way that running back score points on them is by catching passes. Um, Rex Burkhead is the best pass catching back on the team. So that leads me to like anointing him as the one that I would want to start. But even then, I mean, I have him ranked. I've got him ranked as the RB 40. So like, I'm not bullish on him, but he would be the guy for me.
0: He did have that big game last year. And I'm not saying the rest of the season we couldn't see someone emerge. It does sound like Damian could be dealing with a multi-week issue. But at least last week, man, I mean, Rex Burkhead, I believe, was banged up. or He wasn't even active. So we don't know. But Dari was the one that led the way. But that was over Eno Benjamin, who (laughs) got waved again out here. So for now, in the first round of the fantasy playoffs. Please don't play Andy's Houston Texans running backs if you can avoid it. But to next point, Dario Rex, whoever your cup of tea is, still nothing more than an RB4 type. Steelers running back Najee Harris, not listed on the final report with that hip injury. He's a flex. He's a borderline RB2. That's exactly what his workload has been this year. Just the RB19 expected PPR points per game. So yeah, he's still been inefficient, but really the bigger issue has just been the lack of touches and specifically the lack of targets. I mean, it's week 15. He has 40 targets a season. Last year, he got his 40th target on the first drive of week six. Ben Rosberger was a true king in terms of checking that ball down to our fantasy players. Bears running back Dave Montgomery not listening on the injury report with that illness. Guys, we've seen him put PPR RB6, 21, and RB12 finishes up without Khalil Herbert. So Montgomery, definition of a volume-based RB2 for at least another week. Does sound like Herbert is nearing a return, though. In Miami, Jeff Wilson officially questionable with that hip injury. Actually, a little bit surprised that he wasn't straight up ruled out. If we do see Wilson play, then okay, it's going to be a muddled situation with him and Raheem Mostert. I want nothing nothing to do with either of them if that's going to be the case. If Wilson is ruled out, Nick, how high would you be willing to move up Raheem Mostert in the ranks? Because... There is some weather issues, but maybe that does actually make the Dolphins want to run the ball more. And we really haven't seen Salvin Achmed or Miles Gaskin, whether, you know, Wilson wasn't on the team yet or Moster was banged up. Even when there has been situations where the Dolphins have only really had one running back they trusted, Ahmed and Gaskin haven't seen their roles increase. Thoughts on Moster without Wilson potentially.
1: Uh, right now that's how I have him ranked and, you know, we'll see what happens with Wilson, but I've, I've got him as the RB 30 and it's, it's like an RB 30 without a ceiling.
0: Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's pretty much how it goes. Yeah. So looking at where he would be alongside, I think right there with the Detroit running backs, with Errol Patterson, AJ Dillon, those types, that's about what the workload would be, I think. And again, unfortunately, usually we do have that high ceiling in Miami with yeah, the high scoring offense and all that. Not this week. They're only implied to score 17.25 points. That's a bottom five mark in week five. So we will see what happens with Wilson. He did get a limited practice in on Thursday. We'll know more tomorrow. Commanders running backs, Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson, both not listed on the final report. Brian Robinson is someone I am going to be bumping up a little bit here because this Giants defense, man, dead last in the league in yards before contact allowed per carry. Like, Nick, Zonovan Knight or Brian Robinson?
1: Uh, that, Hmm, that's, I, uh, that's Zonovan night for me.
0: You? I, have, I have Zonovan as well, but it's very close. I okay. think I have Zonovan RB 20. I have Dave Montgomery RB 19. Cause I'm a little more confident in him having the receiving work, but I think I'm going to have Robinson probably right there. RB 21. Would you play the Buccaneers backs or Brian Robinson in full PPR? Cause I think in standard we'd go with Brian Robinson.
1: Yeah, I would go. I would rank it Rashad white, Brian Robinson, Leonard Fournette.
0: That's about right where he should be then. Unfortunately, Antonio Gibson not getting, you know, this big time pass down role with, you know, Taylor Heineke under center, as we might've thought without JD McKissick still is performing well with his few opportunities. So free Antonio Gibson at some point, please. Broncos running back Mike Boone is on IR with the ankle. And this has led a lot of people to get excited about Latavius Murray again. I mean, my my goodness, like we saw Melvin Gordon leave the picture. Latavius gets this workhorse role and nothing continues to happen, man. Marlon Mack had that impressive big play in week 14. Like, I don't think we're getting 80% plus snap Latavius Murray anymore. I think that Marlon Mack is going to be there to maybe not make it, you know, 50-50, but at least 60-40 or something. And yes, it's a good matchup against the Cardinals League Worst scoring defense, but when you're playing for the league worst scoring offense, I'm not so sure the good matchups are that attainable, and oh yeah, you're down to your second string quarterback as well, so Nick, man, that's just one of the, we'll get to our DFS stuff a little bit later, but seeing Latavius popping as one of the potential highest zone running backs on the slate, couldn't be me, I have Latavius again in that basically borderline RB3 range, my RB37 on the week, yeah, I would play him ahead of guys like James Cook, Cam Akers, Tyler Algier, but again, 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 should not be in the majority of starting lineups if you can at all help it. Just a couple more here on running backs. Saints running back Mark Ingram out with the knee injury he has done for the year and Dwayne Washington, questionable with the illness. So this is what we were talking about a little bit um, earlier, Nick, with Kamara. Three games this year without Mark Ingram. and Guys, I get it. The fact that Mark Ingram even matters for Alvin Kamara's, you know, projection in the year 2022 sucks, but that's the reality of the situation this year. He had awesome snap rates, 72%, 88%, 79%. For Kamara, that is fantastic. Only had 12, 11, and 16 touches in those games, though. So I've been equating him him to like the running back version of Mark Andrews. His volume hasn't been as good. He hasn't been as good. We still probably have to start him because we realize what that best-case scenario can be, and we have seen it, even if it has been quite a while since then. So it's the Falcons. We've seen him put together these big reception games before. How low can you go with Alvin Kamara this week, Nick? Because, again, it feels like a George Kittle-type thing where the second you even consider putting him on the bench, that's when the boom happens.
1: So I – like. I don't want to talk about him because he he's he's such a process versus results thing. I so okay, so I have him as the RB25. He's not getting work. Oh. The the offense is like it half the players want a quarterback change. The the press does like it's this is a bad situation. I think Dennis Allen is doing I think there's some strange locker room dynamics going on. There like we don't have a good explanation for why Winston has been benched. I, he's so hard for me to tell people to to trust in the fantasy playoffs so i'm i'm nervous about that where' i'm sure i'm lower than than you are on him where do you have him
0: I got in that RB1 borderline, but hey, you know what? Over the past uh, four or five weeks, your ranking would be a little bit closer uh, to what he's actually produced than my would. So at this point, though, it is still Dalton, and it's a reasonable enough matchup coming off a bye. Who else are you going to be getting the ball to out there? So it has been rough, but man, RB25, that's just – I feel like you're not even going to be starting him at all at that point, but maybe, Nick, that (laughs) is the point. So, uh I'm going to – I'll drop him a couple spots, but he's still going to be a top 15 option for me. Come on. Come on, Kamara. Fantasy playoffs. We all remember the six-tuddy game a couple years ago. Yeah, much different uh, offense, much different time. But still, somewhere underneath that helmet is Alvin Kamara. Final note here, Titans running back Doncho Hilliard is going to be out with this neck injury. And that, hey, low-key does give Derrick Henry – Possibly the full pass down role. Now we have seen Hassan Haskins, Julius Chestnut get involved as well. Guess what? You're starting Derrick Henry anyway. So they could very well go the hell off against the Chargers. Bottom four defense in both PPR points per game and yards before contact allowed per carry. On wide receivers, uh, Dolphins wide receiver Tyreek Hill. Good to go. Not even listed after having that ankle injury that we saw him hobbling around with on Sunday night football things get interesting now with the bangles so the good news is t higgins got in a full practice on friday as did tyler boyd playing through that broken finger trent taylor did not he's questionable so is boyd so is higgins so with t higgins now we have seen him earlier this year in week five have an ankle issue before they played the ravens on sunday night only ended up playing 10 snaps was clearly limited by that issue going into the game then last week has the hamstring not listed on the injury report. And Zach Taylor basically said that he only played one snap because of the injury, which you think we'd be listening on the injury report then if that was the case. So Nick, he's on the injury report. The full practice does matter, but man, the confidence level for me is so low on Higgins <sighs> against guys like Don from Peoples Jones, Gabriel. Like, I feel like that's what it is. He is a boomer bus wide receiver three because of the injury.
1: So if we took away his name and like, we just removed the context and we saw hamstring strain didn't play last week, but when LP LP full P are happy, um, I wouldn't be thinking about that. Like it would be okay. Yeah. He's going to start. He's going to have some in-game volatility, uh, but, but with this injury and the way that he practiced, he will either be fine or he's like, the strain will flare up and he's going to get pulled. I, you know, I don't think that, like if, if he he if he was able to log a full participation, then he's ready to rock. And so this wouldn't be a situation that you and I would be like thinking too much about, given that it's T. Higgins who snuck onto the field on third down last week. Like that is crazy. I don't even, why did they give him his helmet? Um I I think that you just start him. I right now I have had him ranked as a wide receiver three, as like as you just said. I think since he's been full participation. I I probably will move him up. I don't know how highly. That's really difficult. But this this secondary doesn't have Chadobia Wuzie and they don't have um uh or wait, am I oh yeah, no, I'm I'm talking about
0: their own team. Oh yeah. Um
1: yeah. Um Actually, and the so the Bucks secondary, they just got a bunch Ravens, of players
0: back, Ravens, bro. But they have been so terrible all year against the deep ball here. Or, no, I'm not messing yeah, up. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's Buccaneers, Buccaneers. No, I I, I set a
1: soft track. Um, they just got healthier, right? That secondary is they're getting uh, some players back. So, I, I think I would have a difficult time. I'm more confident in T Higgins than I am in Alvin Kamara. I'll phrase it
0: like that. Back to Kamara. All right. Apologies for uh, mixing up some of those matchups, everyone. It's week 15. Give us a little bit of a break here. All right. When we look at T Higgins versus someone like Zay Jones and DJ Chark, who are you riding with? T Higgins. T. Higgins there. That's kind of how I'm leaning. I'm giving him a slight bump up because that's where I was earlier in the week. I was like, I think he should be with those guys if we don't see him get a full practice. So the fact he got the full practice is great. I don't love he's still having that questionable uh, designation though at the end of the day. So I'm ultimately going to have him probably right there next to Mike Evans. upper end wide receiver three great day to be great. Don't think Tyler Boyd is probably going to be out there. Trenton Irwin, if you're trying to get gross in DFS is going to be the guy you're going to want to trust among the backups. And Carolina, DJ Moore and LaVisca Chenault, both questionable. Guys, we can't trust DJ Moore, unfortunately. It's not so much him. Look, we saw him go for over 100 yards and a touchdown. A lot of that coming in Patrick Sertan's grill only two weeks ago. I know we've seen some success last year with Sam Darnold under center. That was a different offense. With Sam Darnold this year, 37 percent pass play rate. That is 10 percent lower than the Falcons' pass play rate, which is the lowest mark since 2009. So it's Deontay Foreman, Chuba Hubbard. Hell, freaking Blackshear has a better chance of getting touches than uh, uh, DJ Moore these days. That's how sad it is in Carolina. He's a low end, borderline wide receiver three for me, especially working out less than 100 percent. Should have Romeo Dobbs back in action Monday night for the Packers when they're facing the Rams. Can't trust him, though. I mean, I'm not even sure if he's going to be in three wide receiver sets in his first game back as long as Lazard, Watson, and Cobb are all healthy. So I'm not really changing any projections at all with having Dobbs back. I guess it makes me a little more hesitant to trust Alan Lazard as, you know, a low-end wide receiver three. Continue to fire up Christian Watson as the upside wide receiver two. He's been for the better part of the past month. With the Broncos, Cortland Sutton, and Kendall Hinton out with hamstring issues, KJ Hamler has also been on IR now for quite some time. So Jerry, Judy, upside wide receiver three against that Cardinals league-worst scoring defense. How high are you willing to go with him, Nick? I believe I settled in as my wide receiver 26 with Judy, which I think seems fair. He's been the best wide receiver in Denver this year. That said, we have seen Denver produce an awful lot of lows for almost everyone involved.
1: Uh, So I am less confident in Brett Ripien, uh, but maybe I should apply some of the, the Garrett Wilson uh, confidence here. I have Judy as the wide receiver 36. Oh, uh, the the Cardinal secondary has been so weird. Like they've they've kind of transitioned Isaiah Simmons to just being that the full time slot cornerback with even with Byron Murray, Murphy, Murphy, with Murphy in the lineup. Simmons was still taking slot reps against wide receivers. Now with Murphy out, he's just there and he's he's actually been playing fairly well. Now, Judy could just get the volume and, the, you know, I look like an ass um, or excuse me, I look silly, um, but I don't know. I mean, he's coming out, He He's playing. I guess he's fully healthy from that ankle. I I've always been more of a Sutton guy than Judy. Uh, so he's wide receiver three for me. That's the answer.
0: I was a Sutton guy b- b- over Judy before this year, man. I don't even think it's a debate anymore. But regardless, it is it is a Broncos player, so close start-sit decisions. Go ahead and take the guy. Not in the league's single-worst-scoring offense. Steelers wide receiver Deontay Johnson did get added to the injury report on Thursday. Didn't practice with that lingering hip, but got back out there on Friday and is good to go for Sunday. What is his total now this season? League high in terms of targets without a single touchdown 113 that is absolutely sad so maybe mason rudolph can get our guy going again i would not bet on it low end wide receiver three in yeah. fantasy land Cardinals wide receiver Marquise Brown, questionable with an illness. I think he should be good to go, though. He didn't practice on Thursday, came back and got a limited practice in on Friday. Unfortunately, though, I mean, again, this Cardinals offense only implied to score 17.5 points this week. That's the third lowest mark in week 15. So how do you feel on Hollywood, Nick? I have him behind guys like Judy. I'll probably put him behind T Higgins. That's kind of close. though. I have him as a middle tier wide receiver three. Is that a little too aggressive?
1: we're we're pretty close. I wrote him up as an avoid at PFF this week because he's going to have to go up against k1 Williams and then when he's outside just based on his like pre-snap alignment, when he's outside the slot, um he's going to have to go up against Sertan a bunch of the time. So I you know, the combination of Colt McCoy there that has me a little nervous.
0: It's, again, Cole McCoy hasn't gotten the easiest draw here. It reminds me of Pickett when he had to first come out. I mean, Pickett's three games – I'm sorry, McCoy's three games this year have been the Rams, the Patriots, and the 49ers, like three of, you know, especially when the Rams were motivated. Like, those are three of the worst defenses you want to play. But now he gets the Broncos, so that problem isn't exactly being alleviated. So, I will say Marquise and also Hopkins, the fact that Rondale Moore now is going to be on IR for the rest of the season, missing it with that groin injury, should lead to some bigger days for both – Receivers here down the stretch. I mean, we remember that game. I think it was Kyler under center before their bye when it was like, you know, of his 30 pass attempts, like 26 of them were going to Hopkins and Hollywood. So hopefully we see more of that down the stretch because, again, we need this volume to be condensed to have anything good going on with this current Cardinals offense. Patriots wide receiver Jacoby Myers, questionable with the concussion, got downgraded on Thursday. It was kind of a weird situation. You don't usually see guys get downgraded, you know, as they're going through the concussion protocol like that. Then again, I have no idea what even goes in the concussion protocol these days. You see Travarius Ward, like he gets rolled he's uh, in the concussion protocol last night, Thursday night football. And then they announced on the sideline, they're like, well, he's cleared it. Like he's good to go, but they're being cautious. He's questionable. And then today I get a tweet from my guys, underdog NFL saying, yeah, he's actually in the concussion protocol. What the hell is going on? I thought the whole point of the new concussion protocol was so you don't send out guys that are actively concussed back out on the field. Yet this is like every single week now we're getting multiple examples of this happening. So I think we all agree that, yeah, let's not send concussed guys back out there on the field. I have no idea what goes on here, but there's my weekly rant with that if Jacoby Myers is going to be out alongside Devontae Parker, I think Nelson Aguilar is probably the best dart throw of the group, Nick. You know, people just don't even ever since we got the dropping babies meme, like no one takes Aguilar seriously. He had like an awesome year with the Raiders, even the Patriots. He's flashed a time or two over the years and it just doesn't matter. He's one drop away from just taking over social media. I think it's a boomer bust wide receiver five. I kind of have him in a similar mold as like Tutu Atwell. So I'm not trying to insult the guy. Look, I'm in some 14 team leagues we got three flex spots like yeah i actually wouldn't mind starting nelson hagelor in a worst case scenario any sort of thoughts on this patriots offense because the matchup is winnable enough against the raiders and with their running backs banged up the way they are we could actually see mac jones have to throw the ball a lot the question is to who
1: yeah well i don't know if matt patricia knows how to call pass play so we'll we'll have to find out there but with the way the concussion protocol the way that it tends to work is that guys progress by slowly increasing workload and then seeing how they respond symptomatically. So the fact that Myers went limited, limited, limited means that he was not like symptom-free to the point that they could increase his workload. So that, to me, is a really bad sign that he he had to stay at limited. I totally agree that Nelson Aguilar is the, the primary beneficiary here. Would you start Nelson Aguilar? And I don't have, this is not a lineup question for me, but-
0: Over um, Kamara.
1: that's right. I'll go. Yeah. Um, Deontay Johnson. Oh man,
0: I'd still go Deontay. He did have his best game of the year uh, last week. Wide receiver 25 still can't quite crack that top 24, but yeah, maybe, uh, maybe Aguilar should be more so in that wide receiver uh, four range. I I mean, I'll I'll bump him up a little bit. He should be ahead of guys like Elijah Moore and stuff, especially now that we had that uh, downgrade in New York. Titans wide receiver Traylon Burks once again out with the concussion. Robert Woods is good to go. C.J. Board is out with a rib for all you C.J. Board fantasy managers out there. All good news though for tight end Chagosium Okonkwo, who I would actually start ahead of guys like Tyler Conklin, Greg Dolchitz, and Robert Tunyon. You know, when you look at him versus more so, the Pat Fryer the Gerald Everett, even Cole Kometz of the world. I do think it gets a little bit closer, but hey, if you want to go get chiggy with it, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world, especially too with all worlds Safety derwin James being doubtful for it. this one. Chiefs wide receiver Kadarius Tony, questionable with the hamstring. Now, even if he plays, man, I just have a hard time trusting too big of a role to be on the way. It's been the problem all season long in Kansas City with pretty much every wide receiver not named Gigi Smith Schuster. We do have Miko Hartman not expected to come back for at least another week. So Tony's out there. You could at least wrap your mind around him, maybe having that Michael Harbin role. But again, it's just this nagging hamstring injury. He's had virtually his entire NFL career. Like <laughs> n- Even if he plays Nick, again, I think he'd probably be around like your Nelson Aguilar's Tutu atlos. So, okay, I guess as a flex, but I'm not going to be excited about playing him. Are you with me?
1: Uh, if, if you're starting Nelson, or excuse me, if you're starting Kadarius Tony, then you already know how you personally feel about <laughs> this type of risk. Or, like we can't help you. Yeah, we know right. that his 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 ceiling is is literally top twelve wide receiver. His floor is a hamstring strain. Yeah. Um, that's yeah, that.
0: Not great. Jets wide receiver Corey Davis out with a concussion. So it is good news for Elijah Moore. But, I mean, Dwayne McFarlane was bringing this up on a Sunday night pod. It's probably going to be more of a full-time role for Denzel Mims, unfortunately. So, hey, if Mike White was there and we could actually trust his team to continue throwing the ball a lot more, you know, going up against the Lions, yeah, I'd be a lot more into potentially streaming Elijah Moore. Probably not so much Denzel, despite, you know, everything I just said. Garrett Wilson is the only guy we care about, though, in New York for now. And that is that. Bears wide receiver Chase Claypool out with a knee injury and a Harry questionable with a back should lead to some slight upgrades for Byron Pringle and Equinemia St. Brown. You do not want to play them in fantasy, though, because it's Byron Pringle and Equinemia St. Brown. Come on, guys. Justin Fields, amazing rusher. We've all seen that. Hey, he can probably be an amazing passer, too. Who would know with some of these wide receivers and the volume that has been there around him? Has only surpassed 190 passing yards in two games all season, though. Don't play Bears pass catchers. Kind of cool comment. Texas wide receiver Brandon Cooks out with a cap. Nico Collins out with a foot. Chris Moore season. Team high 11 targets last week. I mean, Amari Rogers with four was a distant second. We just saw what Jerry Judy did to this Chiefs defense. 30th in PPR points per game allowed to opposing wide receivers this season. Are you back on the Chris Moore train, Nick?
1: Yeah, that was funny. I think I liked him like four weeks ago. So um, what was cool about his usage was they pulled him out of the slot a little bit last week. Uh, he had been kind of locked in there. And I actually sat down to write him up as an avoid like uh, yesterday morning. Um, but because because he was going to have to face Legereus Sneed, slot cornerback, didn't love that. But they're going to I think they're going to continue moving him around. Now, they've got this thing going on with Jeff Driscoll. So that's a little bit nerve wracking because you don't know if they're just going to pull the ball down whenever they get into scoring position. Right now, I have Chris Moore ranked as the wide receiver 37. Okay. How about you?
0: The way I'm looking at adjusting it, I'll probably get him up to about 40, 38 maybe. So yeah, I think we're about on the same spot there. Hey, you, we've talked about all these injuries, man. There's going to be people out there scanning the waiver wires, looking for someone that can just start, hopefully give you those eight targets. Chris Moore might just be your guy. Buccaneers wide receiver, questionable with that knee injury. If he's going to be out, I would expect Scotty Miller to be taking his role as the main field stretcher option. Regardless, Chris Godwin, sadly, the only must-start option in this offense these days. 28th-ranked scoring offense, and that's in terms of real-life points, not fantasy, Mr. Byron Leflich. Giants wide receiver Richie James, questionable with a concussion. If he's out, then okay, we'll get a little bit of a boom for Darius Slayton. But similar to Chicago, we just can't get overly excited about anyone involved here. Daniel Jones has cleared 230 passing yards in the game exactly one time this season. He has thrown 12 touchdowns in 13 weeks of action. So Slayton, you look at some of the underlying yards per run stuff, like he has had a decent season. Everyone is banged up there, and I still can't get myself to rank him higher than the wide receiver 40. Sound about right, Nick?
1: I am I am uh, always more optimistic on the Giants wide receivers, but uh this the the Washington secondary is is surprisingly good. They had Derek Forrest break out as a strong safety, and then Bobby McCain took over slot. Um it's it's just a tough defense to throw against. I, as for where Slayton is, uh, I have him ranked as the wide receiver 26.
0: Oh my gosh, you love these Giants, guys. <laughs> My goodness. All right. Hey, this is all right, Nick. We've been uh, you know, I don't mind when we're this uh, far apart sometimes. It's better than just going back and forth a It is. all damn day. So all good. We'll see who comes out on the right side of things this time next week. Browns wide receiver Amari Cooper, not listed with a hip. David Bell's questionable, but we're not too worried about it. So Cooper and off People's Jones going up against a Ravens secondary. That pick any stat you want, defend the deep ball, have not been good at all. I did think Deshaun Watson really progressed last week compared to Texas game, And I realized the bar was not very high for him to do that. Just realized really two or three throws away in that one from being a far more competitive matchup. I think that this is the week we see the Browns passing game start to look really like what we were expecting it to with Watson under center. Ravens wide receiver Demarcus Robinson, not listed with an illness, but hey, it is a Tyler Huntley-led passing attack. Who knows how many times they're even going to try to throw the ball, and Quez Watkins not listed with that shoulder injury as well. Only thing I would be worrying about as we move on to tight end is if Dallas Goddard comes back. So, Nick, in weeks one through 10, Devontae Smith had at least eight targets in four games. Dallas Goddard leaves. He's played four games since. He's had eight plus targets in every single one of those. So, hey, if we're going to have a little bit of less volume, it better be a great player, and it better be in a great offense. Devontae Smith obviously checks both of those boxes. So I'm not saying that you can't get behind the guy, but hey, if Dallas Goddard's back, like I'm still starting Devontae Smith for sure over Darius Slayton, but would you?
1: Uh, that That is a great question. Where do I have Devontae Smith? I am actually, so I, I really like this game. I think it's going to be a fun offensive scoring environment and the Chicago defense is so bad. So I've got Smith. Right now he's floating, but he's in like the mid to low wide receiver two range. So I have him ahead of Darius Slayton.
0: I have him wide receiver twenty-two. If Goddard isn't back, I'm only going to drop him a few spots though. If he is back, because to your point again, this matchup as well. I mean, Eagles number one ranked scoring offense, and who's to say he won't be able to find his way to eight plus targets anyway with Goddard if he is back? I don't think. I mean, it's a shoulder injury. I mean, they don't need him necessarily this week. So I think that if he is, I'd be worried. They're playing the Cowboys next week, Nick. Like, I feel like if there was any concern about limited snaps, he just wouldn't be playing this week. Is that an egregious way to think of it? Uh, no.
1: So, f- foreshadowing, I we'll, we'll be talking about Dallas Goddard in a little bit. I think that he plays. Um, so, okay, so with that in mind, I think I think Goddard plays. Where, where are you going to solidify Smith if that's the case?
0: I think Smith is, again, probably like wide receiver 25, 26. Cool. So, like, again, I'm not going to overly downgrade him. I'm just wondering where to put Goddard in the tight end ranks. So, right now, I think I would probably go tight end seven. I'd go Kelsey, Andrews, Kittle, Schultz, Hawkinson, Najoku. That's the tight ends. I actually feel good about that. I think are really good at football, and I'm confident in their offense and their quarterbacks and all that. After Njoku, I have Evan Ingram and Pat Fry I'm with right now. I would start Goddard over those two guys. How do you think that sounds?
1: I think it's reasonable. I think that I'll be. Uh, I will have Goddard as the tight end four or five. And because so the Chicago game, it is important because it is a common opponent with, uh, I think it was Dallas and the Minnesota Vikings. And so they need to win this game to to continue securing the number one seed, um, which I think will contribute to his on-field participation rate.
0: Good call by you. Speaking of a couple of those tight ends we just mentioned, David Njoku not listed on the report with that knee injury. Good to see him getting healthy at the right time. And Pat Fryermuth not listed with the foot injury. The Steelers, man, they they did their injury reports right. They're like the absolute opposite of the Patriots. You know, we have a guy pop up on Wednesday not practicing, and them or Mike Tomlin, they tell us, like, ah, no, he's going to play. Don't worry about it. I mean, Fryermuth was like DMP, DMP, limited. Said on Wednesday he was going to play. He's not even listed. Appreciate you, Pat Fryermuth. Bengals tight end Hayden Hurst, unfortunately out with a calf injury and we're not seeing enough consistent usage from the other guys to take advantage of it. Giants tight end Daniel Bellinger, questionable with a rib issue, and I would be concerned about him having his usual role with having guys like Nick Vanette also around to potentially take that out. So don't play Daniel Bellinger, if at all possible. Same goes for Saints tight end Jawan Johnson, questionable with an ankle, and Adam Troutman, also questionable with an ankle. Obviously, mostly just worried about Taysom Hill when it comes to those Saints tight ends. Tight ends, I should say, Anyway. Hey Nick, you know I know you were on the forefront of um, really you know firing Taysom up the ranks. What about Jeff Driscoll? Are we drinking the Kool Aid for those for the, for, the, for those Yahoo QB tight end fantasy managers out there? I mean,
1: I'm not as sold on him because we've only seen it in one appearance. But like, yeah, why not? I mean, where where do you have to get in the rankings to start considering him? Oh my gosh. Like like when it's tight
0: fifteen, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was looking at Greg Dolcich, tight end fifteen. Dolcich, yeah, the yeah. about there.
1: We, I've got Dolcich there too. Yeah.
0: Madness. Ah, there we go. We finally got one. Same way. Only other That's two right. notes I had. uh Chargers safety. Derwin James mentioned this before, but he is doubtful with that quad. So very good news for our guy. Aconquo. And then Saints cornerback Marshawn Lattimore hasn't played since week five. Like it's usually with these, you just see them put the guy on IR, but he's consistently just been listed on that injury report, not suiting up. He is questionable with the abdomen injury. I'm not going to be changing Drake London's projection regardless. I mean, we did see Lattimore when they played earlier this year shadow Michael Thomas, as he has done. Or excuse me, I'm messing this up. When they played the Falcons, he uh, shadowed. Uh, He did not shadow anybody. That's it. He would probably shadow Calvin Ridley in the past. They did not do him and Drake London back in week one. So could they change it? Sure. But let's face it. The bigger issue for Drake London is usually getting that volume and we'll see what Desmond Ritter is made of out there. So Marshawn Lattimore status, long story short, not overly concerned about it. And with that we have gone through all the fantasy relevant injuries. I already have an article up on PFF.com breaking down everything I just said. Shout out John Owing, the GOAT editor over there in the world and especially PFF.com. So check that out if you would like. Go transition a little bit to some DFS talk. And if you guys, I see you guys have already been shooting off some start sick questions in the chat. So want to get through those injuries first, but anything specific on your mind, we'll definitely try more to get to those as we go through. But appreciate you guys always tuning in with us live and be a positive uh chat community you know it's a great day to be great we're talking about football no need to be getting pissed off at each other which takes us to nick your dfs cheat sheet up each and every week on saturdays at pff.com have had some good calls here recently chiggy okonkwo last week one of your dart throws and he really rebounded not rebounded he just had a hell of a performance himself this week one guy you just like is who we just talked about Falcons wide receiver Drake London going up against the Saints. Talk to us about why we should be feeling good about London, who is fresh off a 12-target game before the Falcons week 14 bye.
1: So London is in the wide receiver cornerback matchup chart, which we are in the the uh, the yeah the wide receiver cornerback matchup article. Did I send you that one, or did I give you the DFS cheat sheet?
0: Uh, he sent me the matchups article, so that Great. explains okay. that. That's Real quick. Me. While you send me that, guys, I came, you know, I'm not the perfect prop bet guy. I get that. I'm not going to sit here and say I've hit 58% of my bets for the last 10 years and all this. And look how profitable I am and everything. But I've come to you guys a few times this year with ones that I really think are bulletproof and rock solid. I have another one austin eckler under 40 and a half rushing yards this week against the titans this is as good as i feel about one since we nailed that dalton schultz prop a couple months ago again you know i'm not coming every single week with one of these prop bets just when i feel especially good about it and that's why i'm talking to you about it right now so with austin eckler look we've already seen this year man it gets all of his money he gets all of his fantasy points based on his work in the passing game the chargers are the league's single most pass happy offense and guess what now they're facing one of the biggest pass funnel defenses in the entire nfl against the titans Only the 49ers have allowed fewer rushing yards to opposing RBs than the Titans this season. And that 40 and a half rushing yards mark, I mean, just matchup, be damned. Eckler's gone under that in 8 of 13 games this year. So we have the most pass-happy offense against a defense that basically begs their opponents to throw the ball, and then they're not even good at defending the teams that do. So I think it behooves the Chargers to continue doing what they do best, and that is throw the ball. Also, once they've gotten Keenan Allen back, this is a situation where Eckler's only gotten 10 carries per game over the last three weeks chargers haven't been good at running the ball joshua kelly is a candidate to get roughly excuse me roughly the same amount of carries as eckler during any given week austin eckler under 40 and a half rushing yards i mean nick you know put the mortgage on it go put the kids college you know fund on it why the hell not
1: yeah it's it's the new draft um, st brown
0: <laughs> sounds good all right you shoot me over that cheat sheet yeah fantastic and as always, you can find this on PFF.com. There we go. Derrick Henry facing off against those Chargers. The other side of the ball. And this is honestly, man, like another one of the bets I like this week is uh, the over in this game. I bet the over last week on Titans versus Jaguars because of the same exact reason. We have Derrick Henry in a Titans offense that wants to run the ball going up against a Chargers defense that can't stop the run. And then we have a Chargers offense that wants to pass the ball going up against a Titans offense. Titans defense that can't stop the pass talk to us about the former situation Henry against his run defense
1: yeah so Henry unsurprisingly is still a beast uh leads the league in rushing yards after con uh, after contact per carry or well after contact total um the the Chargers defense there are they're going to be without Derwin James and one of their points of weakness is is their missed tackles. They have 81 on the year, third most in the NFL. Derwin James in run defense is their number two tackler. So this lines up, I think, pretty clearly as just a fire Derrick Henry up the middle and have him run where Derwin James isn't. Uh, I think that he is the top chalk running back play on the
0: week. And I think there is enough value, kind of in the you know five six k range at running back that we're not going to see Henry have quite as high of ownership as he might in a cake matchup like this. I mean, hey, the, the, the Titans get the Texans next week, and I don't think Henry's you know freaking gone under two hundred rushing yards against them since Nam. So if you are going to get on the Derrick Henry train, I think a lot more people are going to be willing to go pay an extra hundred dollars for Josh Jacobs, five hundred dollars for Austin Eckler on a full PPR site like DraftKings. I like the Henry call. Another running back, Miles Sanders, someone that we were all over last week. Again, facing, not the Titans, facing a run defense with the New York Giants that we were confident he could take advantage of. You feel the same way here against the Bears.
1: Yeah, Philadelphia, nine-point road favorite. The Chicago Bears, we've talked about their run defense pretty frequently this year. Uh, they are tied for number 26 in the NFL and average depth of tackle and Miles Sanders is top three in explosive 10 plus yard rushing plays. Seems pretty clear here. I think that this will be one of his higher volume outings and I like the idea of him ripping off long gains.
0: 149 yards allowed the Falcons 158 to the Jets 175 to the Packers. This Bears defense, like they had some pieces earlier on the season. They realized they did, and they got rid of them all. What do you expect to happen? That is the result we have. Miles Sanders should have 15 to 20 touches and has the matchup and the offensive environment to make the most out of them. Buccaneers wide receiver Chris Godwin, just 6.7K on DraftKings. Still him and Keenan Allen, man, just cash game staples for me this week. You like Godwin all over the place against a Bengals defense that, again, has been without number 1 cornerback Chidobe Awuzie now for the better part of the season.
1: Yeah. And they're also going to be without starting slot cornerback, Mike Hilton. Hilton has been very good this year. So they're going to end up starting a guy who was a, a basically a slot safety in college Daxton Hill. I believe they did take him at the end of the first round, but I've included in here, his NCAA uh, coverage data from his final year in the season. Cause he's only got, I think 38 coverage snaps this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was, pr- he was really kind of a mediocre slot corner. Um, I think that a mediocre rookie slot corner uh, coming in and trying to stop Chris Godwin is a recipe for success. We don't need to complicate it any more than that. I like Chris Godwin in cash.
0: He honestly, man, ever since he came back from the hamstring injury in week four, he had caught six, at least six passes in every single game until last week. And then he caught five last week. Would have had the six, but he dropped it. And then Russell Gage caught it and got the touchdown. So, hey, first ever like touchdown. Probably not the first ever. You know, we've got 60, 100 years of football that have happened. But the drop touchdown to your teammate who then scores like a half fantasy point. I don't know, guys. Come on. Let's uh, let's try to figure this out. There's a start sick question from our guy, Holden. Do I sit Mike Evans for Donovan Peoples-Jones? It is close, man. I have Evans at widers. I have them right freaking next to each other, Nick. And so who, who do you think? I'll, I'll let you go first.
1: I have Mike Evans ranked ahead. And I if chadobia Awuzie was playing, then yeah. the answer would probably be different. But I don't have a problem with him going Donovan Peoples-Jones here. I, I really don't.
0: It is a coin flip. Again, they are right next to each other in my wide receiver ranks, right next to each other in my total ranks. Mike Evans, there's not a more due guy in the NFL. He has gone nine straight games without a touchdown. His career long stretch was six, and with Brady, it was two. Like this is unprecedented. For, and last week, 68-yard touchdown to blown coverage got nullified. This dude, again, as someone you guys, I talk on my sheesh report all the time. Mike Evans, Deontay Johnson, probably going to be first-team all sheesh wide receivers when it is all said and done. And on the other side of things, Donovan People jones he had over 100 yards last week with a four-yard touchdown dropped and with the most unrealized air yards on the week i think i'm talking myself into the dpj now. oh my gosh i could go back and forth nick i think if we talk for it. 60 minutes it'd just be absolutely ridiculous so uh yeah mike evans by just a hair if we had seen watson in this offense even show like a little bit more signs of being above average that'd be one thing but as much as i do think they have a good opportunity here to break out would i be that surprised if they shit the bed again and have 10 total points scored no i would not so i will take evans there for the likely more secure volume All right, Nick, moving right along here. Your player at number four, you spoiled it earlier, but that is very okay. Eagles tight end Dallas Goddard, just 4.7K on DraftKings. I like going to the well with these great players that are coming off of injury when we can be a little more confident that they're going to be back to their usual full-time role, get ahead of them perhaps a week before the rest of the public. Why do you like Goddard so much this week against the Bears?
1: So one of the points is what you've just mentioned people, the the whole, the way that the, the field handles injuries can be volatile. It can be stupid. Uh, He's, he doesn't have to carry an in-game designation or going into the game. So people are going to have to be seeking out his injury status on their own rather than finding out, Oh, is he questionable? Whatever. Um, So that's point number one Uh, point number two, as it relates to this injury, Philadelphia's offensive line, number one in the NFL in pass blocking, and they earned the, Uh, top pass blocking matchup advantage rating in PFF's offensive line defensive line matchup chart it was a 62 percent it is a 62 percent rating next closest offensive line is at 43 percent so PFF expects Philly to just bulldoze these guys up front which I think means Dallas Goddard coming off the shoulder injury is not going to have to be he won't be asked to block they're just going to be able to put him in send him on his routes and give him rest instead of making him do the whole job uh for you know when, when he normally would be out there on the field he'll, he'll get he'll get a few breaks um but final point here the the two bears coverage linebackers nick morrow and jack sanborn both outside the top 32 and pff coverage grade they are really bad and i like a really good tight end like dallas goddard against them
0: Makes sense to me, my friend. A couple more starts, Sitch rolling in. Dupe sack, great name. Watson or Tua? <laughs> I think I gotta go with Watson here again. Tua now really has been rough. This weather in Buffalo is horrendous, and that's why the Dolphins are only applied to score a little bit over seventeen points. We don't. We've never had a rushing floor for Tua, unfortunately. And again, against the Buffalo Bills defense, that is awfully good in their own rights. So I am gonna lean a little bit towards Watson, Nick. I'm guessing the way most of our start sit questions have gone today, you would go with Tua.
1: Yeah. Now. Th- Monitor the the weather report here. Like if the lake effect snow is some catastrophic thing before kickoff, then like pay you know pay attention to that and pivot to Watson. But just right now, one for one, I will take Tua.
0: Also got Holden asking one last one Dallas D or Carolina D I would go with the Panthers. They actually been pretty good this year with Brian Burns. And I mean, look, Cowboys are going to have to face the Eagles next week. They got an ascending Jaguars offense this week. Yeah, I think the Cowboys defense overall are better than the Panthers, but Carolina, at least you get the Steelers this week and then you get the Lions at home next week, which again, not the easiest matchup, but hey, you know. Panthers versus the Lions or the Cowboys versus the Eagles, I would take the Panthers probably just barely with that. And then definitely the Panthers versus Steelers this week compared to the Cowboys and jaguars all right nick you have i like that you have you know four reasonable takes in here every <laughs> single week and then you really just take one of these and you just decide to go all out and to your credit you managed to hit several of them this year saints wide receiver rashid shaheed just 3.2k on draft king's facing the falcons so i will say man he has flashed this year very few opportunities but he has flashed and looked good for spurts you're hoping that that's going to be the case again on sunday
1: that's right. Yeah, I like I like this. Four of them are reasonable and then one of them is unreasonable. Yeah. So uh, Shahid earned a starting role in uh, week 11. They were on by in week 14. So he's been a starter in each of the last three weeks very quietly. And we had to get specific here uh, among 127 NFL wide receivers with at least 100, 100 receiving snaps and 15 targets. Shahid's finding it here, uh, 2.37 yards per outrun, rank number 11. Now, 15 targets, you know, it's kind of a large sample size. It's allowing for a lot of things, but that's not, a, I mean, that's a very strong number. Uh, so he is being efficient when he's getting the opportunities. Now, the way that he is winning is in the deep area of the field. His average depth of target is 15.3. If we look at the way that the Atlanta Falcons cornerbacks are playing, this area of the f- of the field specifically for their perimeter cornerbacks. And he is taking 48% left, 38% right um, running that rate of uh, running routes at those rates hit the perimeter cornerbacks won't go through all of the the data here, but both Darren Hall and AJ Terrell have glaring holes in their coverage at that depth of target. So I think that that um, the perimeter matchup, Works very well in Shahid's favor, and I expect him to, be, to continue being a starter post by. And then lastly, the, the slot coverage here has been a problem for Atlanta all year. As I recall, I think we kicked off the very first show uh, going with Jarvis Landry against yeah. D Alford, and, and that hit. This has been kind of a, a matchup to target all season. So now they're cycling Isaiah Oliver in there, but he's not helping really at all. So uh, I think that Shahid. In terms of these long-shot GPP plays, I like him. He also adds some in the return game, so could
0: get a touchdown there. But, yeah, this this is my un- unreasonable pick of the week. As always, you can find next DFS cheat sheet on pff.com each and every Saturday. Final note, I want to say, I just have one GPP pick this week, and that's DeAndre Swift at 5.7K over there at DraftKings. If you look at the way the Lions are going to want to attack the Jets, I don't think it's going to be against Sauce Gardner and those beasts on the outside. I think it's going to be that front seven that could be without all-world defensive tackle Quinn and Williams. He did not practice all week with that calf issue. Officially questionable, and when you don't even get a limited practice in, I have a hard time believing that. On the other side of things, we have a guy in DeAndre. Dre Swift, who I believe for maybe the first time all season, Nick, wasn't even listed on the injury report from start to finish. So, yeah, I just double-checked that. So, with Swift, man, we saw it two weeks ago. We had the 18 touches first time since he had come back from injury. We all got excited. We all recommended him as a start. And then he did absolutely nothing. Not absolutely nothing, but they keep Justin Jackson. They keep, Deandre, they keep Jamal Williams involved. It was a muddled three-back committee again. But when healthy, we've seen it. As recently as two freaking weeks ago, they will feature the man when they do feel like he's good to go. And I don't know what better example there is that he's good to go than not being listed on the injury report. So it's a lesser Jets front seven with that injury. It's a part of the team that I think just relatively you'd want to attack compared to the rest of that defense. DeAndre Swift in tournaments take it to the bank. And with that, we're going to wrap up another edition of the PF Fantasy Football Podcast. Nick, we'll be back here two more weeks. As I always say, we'll get you guys to that Week 17 championship. Do everything in our power to help you win it. If you have a Week 18 championship, that is a terrible decision, and that is on you. So, Nick, two more of these. But in the meantime, let the folks know what you got going on around the industry.
1: Cool. Yeah, look for my uh, recap piece, Five Things We Learned at the 33rd Team on Monday. Streaming DSTs at 4 for 4 Tuesday. Uh, full positional starts and sits Wednesday. Also rankings and podcast at Nerdball. And then you can find the five wide receiver cornerbacks matchups to target and avoid at PFF as well as the DFS cheat sheet and this lovely podcast here on Fridays.
0: My goodness, it's a great day to be great. Appreciate you, Nick. Appreciate all you listeners out there as well. Been a really fun season. Let's go win some playoff games and then go get that ring. So for Nick, I'm Ian. Thanks so much for tuning in to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Until next time, take care, everybody.